Uh, she's like, didn't you know, with great power comes greater mental illness. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this is the Superhero Slate review for Marvel's Jessica Jones Season 2, Mike. Ooh, that is right. We're finally back around to a Netflix show. I, I kind of feel like we just finished watching Punisher, like, not that long ago. Like, these the 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 quickness that the release for these Netflix shows is uh, almost too much to keep up with. <laughs> it is. I think they're shooting for three, three a year now, every four months to get a new one. Uh, our next one is, I think, four months away in uh, June. Uh, yeah, would be, that would yeah. be uh, Luke Cage, right? That would be Luke Cage, the, the follow-up to, to Luke Cage. And uh, we just got it with Jessica Jones. I think this is probably one of my most anticipated uh, second seasons uh, for yeah. the Netflix shows. Yeah, I think maybe to kind of uh, refresh the audience out there, if you haven't heard our uh, review of season one, and I think even we did some initial impressions of Daredevil, the first season, like like right when we kicked mm-hmm. on this podcast. So we, there might be not an official review out there for that. But we we really loved season one from what I can remember. We dove into it uh, right after the first season of Daredevil. Totally different type of show. I believe you described it to me as almost like just one long episode, just like one long through line that you could yeah. really follow. Whereas Daredevil was a little bit more episodic, kind of laddering up to the kingpin towards the end. So I was definitely looking to see if we were going to get that same feeling in this second season. So um, just to let you guys know out there, we're not going to spoil anything right off the bat, but we will get into spoilers here in just a couple minutes because there is kind of a big pivotal change in the in, in like the mid part of this season that it's going to be kind of hard to talk about the show in mm-hmm. any greater detail beyond that. But um, I can just say off the, the top of my head, uh, I think season two was really great. Um, I, I think there was uh, maybe a couple stumbles maybe towards the very, very end of the season, but I was having a, a great ride through it. Um, I think the characters in the show are really what keep me coming back and keep me from pausing the autoplay of the next episode or, or just uh, not binging it till my eyes bleed. Uh, so uh, they're just really engaging. Uh, I think Jessica Jones might be uh, the best uh, written hero on Netflix right now. Uh, other characters might have a little bit more uh, traumatizing pasts or maybe grimmer, bloodier pasts. Uh, but hers is just uh, the way her character is just uh, told is just really engaging. She's just so snarky. I always feel like she has everything handled. Like she can just she can either walk into a police precinct, she could be handcuffed, put into the back of a car, she could be face to face with a locked door, and just like nothing's gonna stop her. And I think that's just a really cool feeling having just that character. So it's just like when she's on the screen, you just you feel safe with her there. But really, a lot of her strife comes into protecting the people around her. But she likes to be kind of a loner, so it's kind of like this push and pull of like pushing people away but then saving them and that brings them back in um i love malcolm's character mm-hmm. uh trish character trish trish 
Trish's character gets some gets some nice development. Um, even Hogarth kind of has her own little story that she gets to develop that kind of weaves into the greater plot, which kind of is almost what happened in the last season in the first season of uh, Punisher with that one kind of um, PTSD Marine that kind of weaved into the plot for a bit second. So they're finding ways to kind of fill in these 13 episode arcs a little bit more. I don't really feel like I had a whole lot of like that episode 10 or 11 dip Mm -hmm. like that you usually get um i think it maybe that more came right in the middle of the season uh but overall yeah i really like the season i'm still kind of struggling maybe where to rank it right now within all the shows but i would say at the very least i liked it as much as the first season so i don't know if i if i put it above it or maybe just below it but it was great getting more Jessica Jones. I really looking forward to a third season. I want to see more importantly where these characters go. So it's almost like when we jump in the spoilers, I don't think I'm necessarily going to be raving about like plot details or mm-hmm. just insane action scenes. I just really like it when I get to see these characters on camera. So what did you think, Chris? Well, I think I'm going to have to agree. It's hard. We are. This is the eighth, I think, Netflix season. Uh, at this point, if we mm-hmm. include the defenders, and that's, that's kind of hard to believe, to be honest. Um, at, at this point, but it's hard to rank this because it's so different than the first season, mm-hmm. and it's so different, I think, than any of the other shows we've gotten so far. And I mean, I think that, and that's not a bad thing. That's a testament to how they're able to branch out a little bit. And what I would call this, I I would stop calling the show Jessica Jones. I would call the show Alias. Uh, oh, okay. investigations because it's not just like you just mentioned it's not about Jessica anymore I mean we have um, the Jerry Hogarth the whole, her whole character I mean she could have like two episodes of just her scene time not interacting with Jessica or anybody else mm-hmm. um, we got Malcolm I mean he's 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 come out in a big way since season one uh, uh, he's so he's so handsome too Jesus these Netflix shows get the most like handsome dudes like Malcolm and then like uh, uh, Luke Cage yeah uh, they're, they're just like these two handsome guys they're throwing up on screen and I'm just like geez all well, right I'm <laughs> and, and, and and the new landlord in the building he's a good-looking guy <laughs> yeah they're, I, I do really kind of appreciate the the woman's point of view of this show too because you never get any like ridiculous kind of gratuitous like nudity or like sex scenes there's like you see i think the only nudity you see is um uh i think maybe malcolm's butt so it's interesting to see when like when women are in charge of directing and show running a superhero show you're not just going to get all of this like uh bullshit um like andy uh my wife leaned over to me a couple times uh during the show and she would just be like hey this scene's passing the back the bechtel test right now and i was like you know what you're right (laughs) it is so that I, I really liked I really enjoyed that different like perspective and point of view. Yeah, it, it, I mean I definitely agree. And I mean but there are in this, I mean other than Malcolm, most of the characters in this are strong or you know at least female led characters dealing with real problems. I think the realness of Jessica Jones I think is maybe something you also kind of gravitate to it sounded like like she is a very real character and the people around her are dealing with almost real problems. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that she does have superpowers and um, the first season dealt with a super powered kind of nemesis. So to kind of see her come, I don't know, to season two, where was it going to go? What was it going to do? I, I didn't know. And I, I'm, I'm really 
really surprised. And spoilers, I, I, I'm gonna I want to talk about you know like in the second half of this show because this show's very this season is very divided into front mm-hmm. half and back half. Uh, I guess for for lack of uh, of a better term, pre reveal and post reveal, if you will. Mm-hmm. And and I think the pacing of that felt much better to me again than some of the other. Like we've always talked about the the end of the season lag, and and I think Punisher didn't have as much. This one didn't have as much as I felt, um, but it, it's also still one long kind of week for Jessica. Is what it feels like. So uh, we we had a we we had a good time binge watching it here. So like I agree, it was hard to stop after like one episode. I'm like, man, I really got to watch the next one. I got to see what's going on. <laughs> yeah, we have a we have a meme in our household where uh, we get really excited whenever Jessica Jones uh, kicks down a door. Uh, in any form, like there's parts in the in the in the show where she doesn't kick them down anymore. She's like ripping them off walls. She's like, you can't trap her inside of a cop car. Sorry, she's just gonna fly the door off of the car onto the sidewalk. So, uh, I it's like the best superpower ever is just like breaking down doors. So uh, I'm looking forward to more of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, the this one also kind of reminded me a lot of Daredevil season two. Um, it's it's trying to shake up the status quo throughout the whole ep- the, the whole series as well. Like mm-hmm. they're not gonna le- they don't leave you in happy places, but they definitely don't leave you in the same place they left to start over again. So uh, I I did enjoy the entire uh, the the whole thing. It was great and it felt very good, and I was glad it was a a follow up to the first season to be honest so yeah and jessica jones seems to be a, a series that i think holds a kind of a, a different place in people's uh hearts than other marvel shows do um i know for a fact that when a new season of jessica jones comes out when i'm uh checking out my instagram stories or when i'm on twitter i see a lot of people that i don't i know aren't super big marvel fans are really into watching jessica jones as soon as it drops so there's definitely an audience for this show out there who maybe not be who are not really invested in the mcu as a whole so i think that just goes to the strength of showing that you can make a show uh pretty detached from it and people still really enjoy it mm-hmm. it did and I, I can't wait to talk spoilers about like the one big connection to the rest of the universe they kept bringing up in almost every episode so uh, yeah let's let, let's do it let's jump into uh spoilers uh you know it's the show's been out for you know just over a week now so if you guys have caught up uh, you know if you want to hear us talk about it uh, i think it's time to get into it yep so spoilers uh, before that we you can say we recommend it so do watch it and then come back and listen to our spoilers. So let's jump into it, Mike. All right. Well, the first thing I want to talk about was uh, I think that really kind of kicked the season off for me is when we see uh, basically Nuke uh, mm-hmm. Simmons, uh, the character that came back from the first season. So if you remember, he was taking those experimental pills that turned him into like this big, uh, not big, but a really strong dude temporarily. And then Trish got a hold of him, and then they had this big all all out brawl in uh, Jessica's apartment. I believe it was just because it was because yeah, they were this, fi- they were fixing it. They're fixing season, the season. They? Yeah. Yeah. So when they killed Nuke off in like episode two or maybe three, I was like, wow, this was a pretty big deal because I had theorized that maybe Nuke wasn't even going to be in this season. You know, if uh, there's a very uh, popular Daredevil story that they're kind of ramping up towards in this next season of Daredevil, where in the comic books, Nuke is a pretty pivotal role. He's like a a very strong Mm -hmm. antagonist in that storyline, and I thought maybe they would save him for Daredevil, Uh, but no, they killed him off right away, and I think that 
that shows that the the showrunner um, I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, director well, was it was it Melissa Rosenberg? I think yeah, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just goes to show that she is just she's ready to just basically dispense with anybody that's not gonna really uplift her story and I thought that was pretty impressive because you're kind of setting the stakes like at at the beginning very quickly uh like no character is safe you know well I think also it's it's like I think it was like episode three where where he was off but you are led to believe that he is the menace in this series at the beginning like they don't tell you he's not gonna be the menace like he's like creepily watching Trish from a distance through mm-hmm. like he like founder and like some dark trailer in between some trailers on a movie set. Like you don't know what he's going to do or not do uh, since we last saw him. And I thought he was going to be a, a larger force. And then um, he was killed off by the quote unquote meat monster. Um, <laughs> Me- I was calling him meat man until, until I learned the true origin of meat man. Then I changed it to meat woman. Yeah. Yeah. The meat woman. Uh, <laughs> but I, what I think is great about Jessica Jones, we never got her backstory in, um, other than her Kilgrave backstory in season one. So season two allowed us to dive into her actual growing up origin, which I think most of the other ones gave us to us right away in the first season. Yeah. And it seemed like the logical next step for, uh, for this series, which is kind of funny because I could imagine Jessica Jones moving forward without me knowing her backstory, because I thought they did a pretty decent job saying like, Oh, you know, it was an accident. You know, I was created, but then this is who I met, who I am now. This is what the story's about. Mm-hmm. So I think I would have been okay if they never brought that back up, but they did bring it up in kind of a, I would say a creative way because uh, they 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 wanted to uh, kind of attach it to some previous story elements when it came to Nuke, and uh, we find out that the that, that the people that created her, some of that research was used for military purposes, was kind of brought some other people into a fold. So yeah, there was lots of lots of moving scientific parts. I, I don't I don't think it's maybe the most elegant solution to explain these superpowers, but it might be the only solution you know like in in these big movie universes you can kind of tell a more fantastical story of how the marvel heroes got their powers but usually the marvel heroes get their powers kind of you know with science or technology uh when we have the guy the people on netflix we're just like well how do we tell a science and technology origin without like blowing out our budget well it's got to be some sort of like just like doctor or something Mm -hmm. like that so well uh, i mean it it, it ties in luke cage kind of went through the same thing so i mean I can see the parallels for that because, again, short budget, but uh, it was crazy to... I mean, I kind of predicted this several months ago whenever I saw a a picture of the the mysterious character played by Janet McTeer. I'm like, I bet that's Jessica's mom. I never never even saw the... And then they the show started. I'm like, oh wait, they died. Those are those are the ashes. I I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And then what the <laughs> fuck, you know? They they pulled one over on me, and uh, you find out the meat woman is Jessica's mom. Yeah, so we can t- let's talk about that reveal. So I definitely didn't see it coming, but it was it was interesting to to, to see uh, to see the gears in my brain start to move because I was just like, well, why doesn't she recognize her? And I was like, well, it was kind of a traumatizing incident. Maybe she doesn't remember. But then I was like, oh wait, that person did have like a burnt, messed up face. I was like, oh, is that her? Uh, I guess one thing that I kind of wish we could have saw in that basically what I'm going to refer to as the flashback episode or the backstory episode. Episode. Um, we got to see Jessica's, Jessica's mom go from just a meat woman 
to uh, what she looks like now. I felt like we really could have used something right in the middle because I was really confused how this doctor was able to heal her face so well so quickly. I, I think we could have just, we just needed an insert of just like something in the middle. I need like well, a half messed up face to kind of make that transition. Well, there was a five, she was in a coma for five years. So, I mean, I, I don't think we need to see her in a coma healing. I just I want to I want to see a, a half messed up face because that that meat face was so weird. Well, I just wanted like a closer look at it. Well, the thing that, that got me was like she had much nicer hair in her flashbacks um, after she was out of the coma, and then she went with the frizzier hair later in life, and it's all a wig. I'm like, why don't you just keep the nice hair? Like the nice hair looks so good. Well, I don't know exactly. Um what the actress's hair looks like in real life, but I feel like her frizzy hair might be her real life hair. I'm looking at a, a photo of her right now on IMDb. It's, I guess this maybe isn't the best way to determine <laughs> her real hair because, you know, there's hairstylists and hairdressers. But I, 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 it, for as much screen time as she ended up having in the, in the later part of the season, it's hard for me to imagine they would wig her up for every scene. I feel like they would just be like, well, just tell them this is a wig. But, yeah, that was kind of a, a weird decision. Yeah, let's go with a weird frizzy wig. Yeah, and that's what I thought. But I'd like, I mean, what, what I'm going to have to say about the, the second half being her mom, this show was able to surprise me in the second half more so than I thought it would. Mm-hmm. Um, with her mom being essentially uh, batshit crazy for, for <laughs> most of it. Because when she gets angry, she gets focused, and then she tries to kill whoever it is she's focused on. And I thought that there, I kept expecting Jessica Jones to end in a big super-powered beat-down battle. Yeah. And they didn't, and I, I kind of got I have to admit I love that, because that's all we've ever seen in the last episodes, is just fighting, like, Kingpin and Daredevil, Punisher and um, Jigsaw... Uh, you know, defenders. Everything was always a big battle at the end. So I think the ending of this one was very fitting for for a Jessica Jones show with uh, her her mom essentially being killed by Trish on a on a, on a Ferris wheel. Which yeah, it was it was much more of a, an emotional conclusion, which I think kind of goes into what this show really is. I mean, I think one of the more intense moments in this in this series is maybe around episode ten. When Jessica goes into that um, into that uh, jail guard's uh, house oh, yeah. to kind of explore, and then she ends up accidentally killing him, and I was like, I thought that was really intense because through this whole season, Jessica is trying to separate herself from being a monster, so she has only ever killed twice, and I believe one was Kilgrave, three, three, and what was the. The first one, Kilgrave made her kill Jessica, uh, Luke Cage's yeah, wife. Yeah, so it was Luke Cage's wife, Kilgrave, and then the police she officer. killed a third. No, Jessica didn't kill a police officer. Yeah, well, in, the, in this house, she, this that episode. Oh, yeah, okay, you're, yeah, you're adding that one. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that was really intense because she's really doing her best not to kill people. And I've seen that executed very poorly in um, in TV shows like Arrow, because when you get to uh, the network level of the CW, you can't just be like killing fools on TV uh, day after day after day, or you're not really a hero anymore. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to actually see that struggle really pl- play out, where Jessica doesn't really want to be a hero, but she doesn't want to be a monster like her mother. So I thought that was a really intense moment. You know, she's freaking out. You know, we get the cameo from uh, David Tennant coming back as Kilgrave which I'm so glad they didn't find a way to magically bring him back. 
it totally made sense that he that she could imagine him under really stressful scenarios since he was in her head with yeah. his powers for so long. So that that felt very organic to me. I didn't really have any issues with that. So that was a really intense moment, and I really liked that struggle throughout the season of Jessica really trying to figure out who she was and who she is. And it really makes me curious um, what's going to happen in a third season because, like you said, the show could be called just Alias Investigations. So, like, like logically, where does the character go next? Because so much of her story that we've seen has been connected to her past. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Kilgrave was already established uh, before season one got rolling. Uh, all of this story was already established in the past. So, like, where does Jessica Jones go moving forward? Does just like a, does a new threat enter the city? Um, you know, what exactly is going to be her, uh, antagonist. So I'm looking forward to see what the, what the writers drum up with the next season, because I just, I just like seeing these characters kind of put into, um, a sandbox and how they re- react to stimulus. It feels like a science experiment. Yeah. Well, like I thought it was a really interesting thought experiment. Like, um, if you kind of strap away a lot of the surrounding scenarios of, uh, of the show, like what would you do? If you were related to somebody that was super powerful, but ultimately you know you can never cure them of their like schizophrenia, like that would be terrifying if there was a schizophrenic person out there with super strength. Like you can't jail them. You're you're gonna have to either put them on the raft in the middle of the ocean, kind of very inhumanely, because they're your family. At that point, is it more humane just to kill them? It's a really interesting, uh, gripping question. Yeah, I mean, it is, and and we kind of see a lot of people um, kind of off in this in this show uh, by the end of it that we're introduced to. Uh, the doctor who gave Jessica her and her mother powers, Carl Malice, he was he was uh, killed himself. Uh, Jessica's mom died. Uh, who, I mean, uh, Jerry's um, scammers they they ended up one of them died. So that was a devious plan of the way yeah. Hogarth got them back. Oh yeah, because uh, when she bought the gun from our series uh, Netflix regular, the, the um, actual guy in every episode now, <laughs> Turk Barrett. Yeah, so when we saw him and I was like, okay, this is cool. I like this callback. I like it when they connect the Netflix shows to the other shows because I do believe these Netflix shows moving forward might need to start dripping in some of these other characters more regularly, uh, just like how our Marvel movie series are kind of basically becoming team-up movies because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to need to kind of spice in that stuff every once in a while. And this didn't have any other... It didn't have uh, Claire Temple or any of the other heroes. Not even Luke Cage made made an appearance. Yeah, I was just like, maybe give give Luke Cage a call. I think maybe he could help you uh, restrain your mother. So uh, I was a little disappointed that I didn't see that, but... It's it's kind of an audience expectation. It's something that we want, but it's not necessarily something that we need. So I don't know. I'm kind of hoping we talked a, a little bit in one of our news episodes a while ago that maybe Iron Fist might be popping up in Luke Cage season yeah, two yeah, there, or Luke there, Cage. They, yeah, there are set photos of them together. So yeah, so that might be fun, and that might be what I'm looking forward to. But to uh, but to rewind it back, uh, what were we talking about before? Well, <laughs> before we were I... talking about people dying. I mean, also like team ups. Like, I mean, Trish Walker may have powers now at the end of this. She may become the quote unquote Hellcat 
that friend of the show, Quentin Parker, is desperately wanting her to become. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting to see Trish's uh, struggle throughout the season, too, uh, because we, we, we knew that she is the character Hellcat from the comic books, but you never really know if they're actually going to take it that far and give her superpowers. You know, she could just be Patsy without ever, you know, having those powers because that's just how the MCU works. So when they kind of ended up finding this through line to make her superpowered, it, it maybe wasn't the most elegant path to get her there, but I'm I'm not. Uh, it doesn't offend me the, how they ended up well, doing I it. I think I think also the flashback episode was part you know Patsy's flashback episode as well because you learned how much a bitch she was growing up being a little pop star with her. I want your cray cray song. That, <laughs> oh my god, that song was so that bad. was so bad but so <laughs> hilarious at the same time. Um, but I mean, there are. I mean, there were also the wizard. We had superpowered people in here. For, yeah, for that was a re- that was a that was a really strange thing that I definitely wasn't expecting, and I I think I actually wanted a little bit more of that. I don't know. Maybe this is where the third season's gonna go, where they actually did they mentioned twice in this season that there could be others out there, because at first we we find out we see the wizard who has super speed, which is really jarring to see in a, in a Netflix um, uh, Marvel show. We don't, we haven't really had any fantastical superpowers like that outside of super strength, you know? So when I'm seeing like this super speed, I'm just like, whoa, this is a really, really strange tonal shift for these Netflix shows, kind of seeing the superpower there. So that was really interesting. But then, of course, he dies very quickly, so we don't really get much of that. But then later in the series, um, the nurse... At the, at the hospital says, oh, we've seen this before. There's a lot of people out there going to kind of like like back, back alley, alley doctors yeah. trying to get powers. So maybe, I don't know if this is a broader arc for maybe the second season of Defenders. Maybe that's where Jessica Jones season three is going to go. I'm not too sure, but it does seem like something might be being built there. But I feel I feel like most of Trisha's backstory for her wanting to be a superhero really came from I would say season one because that's what I was thinking back to because in season one she was really driven to be strong so she could protect herself mm-hmm. you know so she just didn't feel so worthless and helpless just being a, a radio personality you know we saw lots of scenes of her training in her apartment you know we know her apartment's like super locked down with like deadbolts and stuff like that so she she's just she's just a person that's really on the offensive so i was thinking about all of those scenes when i saw her trying to gain those uh superpowers so it will be interesting to see if we do a little bit of a time skip between season two and season three and maybe she will she will already kind of be practicing her powers when Mm -hmm. we come to episode one season three yeah i don't i mean a lot of the characters that kind of have fractured here at the end of this episode jessica and trish and malcolm are all kind of uh estranged from each other Mm -hmm. so i I definitely could see them doing their own things and when they reconvene in season three or maybe the defenders they she will have refined those powers she discovered in the the final moments of a a phone falling through an elevator um which is a a weird way to find out you have powers i guess Uh, but speaking of superpowers the one thing they kept mentioning almost in every episode after episode seven was the raft from civil war which was really crazy like every like every time they could drop in the raft this time it was there. So I, I thought that was a really cool throwback without having to always acknowledge the Avengers like they used mm-hmm. to do, like the incident. Now it's like, oh yeah, superpower people go to the raft. So well, it's kind of cool to know that the raft is being built up because after they had said it a couple times, and I was just like, 
we might be getting maybe a breakout movie at some point in time. You know, it seems like the if the raft is mainstream enough for Jessica Jones to know about it, and you know, just uh, the broader law enforcement in New York to know that there's a raft out there for super powered people that could start to be filling up. You know, it was a little sparse in a uh, mm-hmm. civil war when uh, cap and Ant-Man and Falcon uh, were hanging out there. Uh, <laughs> so maybe it's starting to fill up now. I don't know. So uh, can you imagine if there was a, a, a raft MCU movie? I mean, come on. Prison well, break movies are amazing. I would love a prison break movie in the MCU. As we, as we've seen in earth's minus heroes, I think the first two episodes of that are called breakout. And that's with mm-hmm. all the superpowered people getting back out in the world. And they could have some of these smaller street-level ones come back into into the Netflix show if they wanted to. Like, oh, we locked him up in the raft, and now he's out in New York terrorizing the street. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say, but I, I thought that was a really, really cool reference to the larger MCU without beating us in the head. Like, oh, there's Iron Man or Captain America around. Because um, mm-hmm. th- that could happen. That, that happened a lot in S.H.I.E.L.D. early on. So... Uh, I was glad to see that. Uh, did you see the Stan Lee cameo in this one? <laughs> yeah, I love how his cameos are always in uh, 2D poster forms. <laughs> yes, so he was uh, on the back of a bus uh, mm-hmm. whenever J- Jessica and her mom were stopping uh, Jessica's new boyfriend, uh, his ex-wife, from stealing their kid. So Yeah, just uh, just uh, Stan Lee hanging out there on the back of a bus. That's he's just right. always out there. He's always out. He's the watcher, you know. He's always out there he, watching. He's always out there, and hopefully he's doing better and getting healthier so we can get him in more of these shows. Oh, man, movies. I hope so. So uh, we, we, I think we, we, you know, we touched on Malcolm, how much we, we loved his uh, character. I, I like that he was trying to find purpose after getting over his addiction. Uh, but I think kind of the, the bigger kind of shocks that I had in this series was uh, Jerry Hogarth. Mm-hmm. Coming down with that uh, debilitating diagnosis of uh, ALS, I was not expecting that. You know, usually uh, you would think with a diagnosis of something like cancer, you you could think maybe the character could somehow, you know, make it out of it, you know, because, you know, people actually do that in real life with cancer. But with a diagnosis like ALS, like, wow, we're going to have a character on screen that's just going to slowly deteriorate and we're going to lose them. So, uh I, I don't know where she's going to go in the future seasons of this series, well, but it seems like she could have a big moment coming up here soon because I don't think any of us want to see Carrie Ann Moss just slowly wither away on the screen. So I think either there's going to be some sort of big sacrificial moment where maybe she's going to sacrifice herself to save something, or maybe she's just going to go full tilt crazy and just go on like a rampage. Maybe she could slowly turn into, she would be an amazing super villain. Like if we, if you built her up one or two more seasons, just of her just going through all of this, just like garbage and this diagnosis of ALS. And then maybe she gets whipped up in some sort of, I don't know, science experiment gone wrong. That would be an amazing supervillain origin story for maybe the Defenders to tackle in a couple of years. Well, I, th- I thought she was going to be because uh, you learn early on she has ALS and then her um, law firm partners want her out of the office. Mm-hmm. So she wants dirt on them and Jessica doesn't really follow through. So we see Malcolm actually come through for, for Jerry in this one, mm-hmm. which was really cool. To see actual private eye stuff going on. That's like one of the highlights of this season I like. They're, oh, they're, oh, they're actually digging up dirt and using like data to find people and do this oh, kind of yeah. stuff. Wasn't it super smart how Jessica found Malcolm when he was locked in the trunk? Yeah. Because she doesn't have his password to get into his find his phone. 
but he but he is already logged into his dating app so i was like oh that is so true you can just look at how close his matches are to his phone and yeah you can triangulate that's something that just anybody can do if they have the information in a map so i thought that was just really smart i love it when these really smart moments happen in a tv show where you're just like that was clever and it, but it wasn't over my head. It's not like some science mumbo jumbo where Jessica called in a favor from some nerd that knows how to hack a computer, you know? Yeah, exactly. So all the all the 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 PI stuff was really cool to see that fleshed out this season even more. And um, Jerry, I, I mean, I thought she was going to try to get superpower treatment to heal herself, and then the side effect would be some sort of superpower she couldn't control. Uh-huh. Um, but in the end, she got kind of had by this vagrant and her husband or boyfriend or whatever and um the 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 come around on that one was pretty wicked to be honest so uh and then she also was able to blackmail both of her law firm partners and walk away with the separate law firm and all her big clients uh so she's devious she is dangerous so the the heroes uh better be happy that they're on their side for now but i think jerry hogarth could be an amazing villain if she ends up going down the route of trying experimental medicines i could totally see that happening in season Mm -hmm. three um she's getting like powers and is losing it or you know maybe she has to you know I i don't know she i don't see her getting debilitated and dying that way i see them more getting rid of her before she gets to that point and yeah the character herself would probably want that as well yeah i agree so yeah so i mean all the characters in the show were great uh the story was good the the background between behind alias investigations was revealed as well um oh yeah she named it after that her boyfriend that deadbeat boyfriend yeah the boyfriend who owed money because he wanted to create an a a club called alias and then um jessica's mom found uh found out he was going to like horror out for her powers and beat the boyfriend to death in an alley and chris uh, you're forgetting the most crucial moment of backstory that i've ever seen in any movie or cinema or tv ever we got to see the origin of her jacket chris I mean, mind blown. Can you believe she stole the jacket from a store? <laughs> I, I can't believe it. But she held on to it. That jacket became very sentimental later on when she was cleaning that cop's blood off of it. Yeah, uh, that's true. She didn't want to throw it away. But, I mean, she's she's wears the same clothes all the time. But <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't think I needed an origin story for the jacket. But, you know, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I love I loved the characters. I love the season. I mean, I... It's been so long since I've seen season one, but it's such a different, like, in season one, so draining watching it. You're like, oh my god, how much more abuse can these people take from, <laughs> you know, the, the Kilgrave? And then in this one, she's, like, dealing with actual family, and it made me realize that phase one of the Netflix movies, or TV shows, are kind of, like, dealing with the sins of the fathers, and phase two seems to be dealing more with sins of the mothers, with the Daredevil dealing with his mom. Oh, that's true. And stuff like that. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see if maybe the other ones kind of have this theme throughout as well. Yeah, that would be curious to see. Uh, I think the only thing I could really ding the show on, and this is just going to be very particular moment that I, I didn't didn't really jive with me. But at, at the end of the season, when Jessica and her mom are in the RV and they're kind of heading out of town, they just conveniently stumble upon a manufactured moment to become heroes with that kind of uh, propane uh, tank 
tanker or whatever that, that tips over. Yeah. And then they just happen to save a family with like almost the same uh, dynamic of the family that they lost when they were kids. And I was just like, okay, this is just a little bit too much of a coincidence. This feels like a moment that was written on day one in the writer's room and then they had to find a way to make it there but once they got to that moment like it just felt a little too manufactured and then also it's it's within the same episode so it's the only reason i still remember this moment is when uh, jessica jones is making a run from the cops from that diner on the road Uh she jumps she jumps into um a like a gravel truck or something like that to escape and conveniently the gravel truck happens to go where they stashed the rv the rv just happened yeah. to also be stashed at the gravel maybe maybe they cut out a moment where jessica like shot off a text to her mom or something that says hey take the rv to a gravel place i think that's where i'm headed right now so just a little one too many coincidences happening in one episode towards the end uh but those are just uh, minor little details but i think it just goes to show you uh, it's not it's not a perfect show but it is a damn good show yeah i mean i don't think any of these shows are perfect i still i still yeah. don't think daredevil is is perfect either so i mean I, they've, every show is going to have its flaws but i mean this is probably one of the best shows one of the better shows in the netflix series and after the kind of beat down we had in the early half of 2017 on these shows i'm glad to see the quality rise with the punisher and jessica jones and and hopefully with luke cage season two coming up we can continue this upward trend of, of quality over quantity you know mm-hmm. um, and it seems like these are the characters that we're going to be stuck with i don't i don't believe netflix is going to be getting the rights to any more new characters uh moving forward i think any new characters like a blade or a moon knight will probably end up being developed for the Disney streaming service. So I, I feel like we're going to see uh, the characters that we have are going to be elevated more and more and more. Well, how would you how would you rate this show? I mean, it's not quite an R, and it's not quite like a TV, like PG-13. It's kind of like, I guess, like a seven, 16 or 17-year-olds would watch this. What do you think the age range for this is? I mean, uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, the way you're looking at it, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't quite see it on HBO, but maybe I could see it on like an AMC or something like that okay. because because uh, Breaking Bad at, at its height when it was on AMC could get away with quite a bit because they were just like, yeah, do whatever you want. Sponsors want to buy your commercial slots because you're the best show on TV. You can say swear words as much as you want. But yeah, I think, yeah, maybe like primetime in an AMC slot. Okay, because I'm just, well, I'm just thinking like, I mean, Netflix isn't horrible. And if Disney wanted to put some of their darker characters back on Netflix, I don't think it would be a bad idea. Um, because it's that or, or Hulu are the two choices. I don't think they're going to make a Blade movie or Blade series and make it, you know, on the Disney streaming service. Uh, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> and I, I would much rather have it on all of them on Netflix than like, oh, you got to go watch Blade over on Hulu, but then you can come back and see Daredevil on, on Netflix kind of thing. So Yeah, and Blade's only allowed to hang out with the kids from The Runaways. He's not allowed to cross <laughs> over to the kids in, in, in New York, so... I mean, yeah, so I mean, hopefully they works on that. We don't know what the future holds, but I mean, I'd, I'd like to see some variety as well. Um, also, it kind of makes me wonder. I mean, uh, Christopher Miller was talking about the, the Defenders two. They don't have any plans for it right now because that wasn't in the initial plans. So, um, do you think we need a Defenders two, or do you think we just continue doing separate shows? I mean, I would like the Defenders to kind of be redeemed. You know, the more I think back on that that season of Defenders, I didn't really, I don't, I don't think I liked it all that much. It was competent, but 
when I rank it out of all the Netflix stuff that's out there, I, I put it near the bottom. Like, uh-huh. I, I don't think I don't out of all the work that went into creating it and casting Sigourney Weaver as the villain, I felt like just a, a lot of that potential was wasted. So I hope maybe they can recoup, maybe throw Punisher in there, maybe Hellcat will get a costume, throw her in there too. And maybe we can kind of coalesce to something a little bit more uh, a little bit more exciting. Uh, that would be that would be what I would hope for. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't I don't know I don't know where the, the where the longer uh, view of Netflix goes with these characters. I it almost seems like they felt like they got lucky. You know, season two of Daredevil was uh, rushed and greenlit so quickly because season one one went so well. We thought we were going to get just single seasons and then Defenders. So I feel like they're kind of shooting from the hip right now. So still I, I still guess, shooting from the hip. <laughs> I guess we'll uh, we'll wait and see and find yeah. out. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to see I'd like to see something. Maybe not the defenders. Maybe something else. But I mean, I don't feel any underlying themes yet in um, between Punisher and Jessica Jones to draw into Defenders too. So yeah, I don't see th- any mythical hand out there. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. There's not one big bad villain. We don't know yet. It could be. It could be later. This IGH thing could potentially come back and bite us in the ass, but. Uh, we'll see. But other than that, I mean, I, I, I had a great time with it. Again, I can't rank it because it's so different than season one. But if you like season one, I think you're going to continue to like season two. Oh, and, yeah. And because you you're gonna you're, you're coming back for these characters. And you don't honestly. have to watch the Defenders at all to get this to this season. It kind of yeah, picks up I, from the first one. I think the only reference they make to the Defenders is one of the police officers says, I know how you guys like to team up. So yeah. that that's all you need to know. <laughs> yep, that's, that's about it. So I, I agree. So... Uh, other than that, Mike, I mean, I got nothing else to say on this show other than we had a good time. My wife really liked it. Um, we She recommended it to one of my coworkers who needed something to watch. She's hooked on it. So this show is, it's it, this character and these characters in this world and Jessica Jones is just fantastic. And I, I don't think, uh, I, I hope they continue to give us this confirmation of season three sooner than later. Yep, I'm crossing my fingers for it, man. Awesome, awesome. So Mike, if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to follow you, see what you're up to, where can they get that? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N. Uh, you can also head over to Comic UI. You can head to YouTube and search the DNN. And yeah, I'll post some stuff up there, I guess. I don't know. I have no idea, Mike. But uh, <laughs> if, if people are just now listening to our, our review here, but we do a weekly episode of news, where can they find that weekly news episode at to continue listening to us? Well, like I say at the end of every episode of Superhero Slate, please visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host our little show. And to get our show notes, if you're listening to a news episode of Superhero Slate, uh, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you stay tuned because uh, this week on the news, we're going to be talking about the summer movies coming out this year. We're, we're going to have a broader conversation about what is a summer movie, when does the season start, when does it end, does it even, does it even exist anymore? So that's going to be a fun conversation that I'm looking forward to. So you can find that at SuperheroSlate.com, and you can subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Stitcher. You can get us right in your email inbox every week, and you can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to get any merch, you can pick that up at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We have hoodies, t-shirts. Um, you can get us on mugs and sketchbooks. Man, it, there's a lot of things that you can put our stuff on. So you can get that at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. If you're a fan of the show, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen. We mm-hmm. really love and appreciate that. We love iTunes reviews and hearts. We love comments. Um, subscribe 
subscribes on YouTube, all that jazz. Uh, wherever you're listening to us, uh, we want to hear from you. And if you're a, and if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every week, Chris. That's right. Uh, sometimes twice a week, like this week. So let's get over and talk about the news, Mike, and we'll catch you guys later. All right, let's do it. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Are they selling shamrock shakes today still?